Hi there, welcome to Claim the Stage, a podcast about public speaking and speaking up. If you struggle with saying what you want to say on stage, on camera, or in conversation, you're in the right place. I'm Angela Lucier, your host. I'm also an author, professional speaker, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. If you want to practice the tips you learn on this podcast, you can check out a Speaker Sisterhood club as a guest for free. Learn more at speakersisterhood.com. Hey there. Welcome back. Huh. It's a little less cold today, in case you're wondering. I'm up in the attic again. I lit a candle. I think I'm going to light a candle for every podcast from now on. It just feels right. It's like I'm having a conversation with you. It's cozy. This candle is guava coconut fusion. I don't really use candles often, so this is kind of special. So welcome back to Claim the Stage. Today, we're talking about connection. We're continuing that theme from last week. If you haven't tuned in in a while, I started a new format for the podcast called Three Things. So every week, I'm going to offer you three things that would be helpful for that month's theme. And January is all about connection, which is like number one, right? Like we have to be able to connect with other people. If it's good for our soul, we have to be able to connect with ourselves and who we are and what we want and what's really important to us and tell tell ourselves the truth. We have to be able to connect with our audiences. We have to be able to connect with our work. It's just like, it's at the foundation of everything. So I thought it'd be a great word to kick off the new year. And I wanted to offer some different ideas for you to help you think about connection in different ways. So as you may have seen, the title of today's episode is the number one reason you are uncomfortable speaking. And I have given this topic so much thought being in this field and being a speaker for so many years. I have heard a lot of different reasons for this. And I've experienced a lot of different reasons for this, but I know for sure that there is the the number one reason. And we're going to talk about it in a few minutes. But first, we're going to talk about something else, which is equally important when it comes to speaking. And this is number one on our list of our three things. It is about making mistakes. Now, when you think about giving a speech, whether it's on the computer or in front of a group, What's the first thing you think about? You probably say, I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to come across as unprepared or incompetent or as a poor communicator or scared or nervous. I don't want to forget what I was going to say. So you put all the focus on making mistakes, right? You, your brain goes there because that's what you want to avoid. But it's the thing that you're thinking about the most. So it's kind of hard to avoid it when that's all you're <laughs> focused on. <laughs> So what I want to talk about is the beauty of making mistakes. And I remember reading a study years ago that helped me so much when I started speaking because it helped me to reframe what mistakes are. And I was able to find an article that helped kind of paint the picture of what I learned years ago, and I want to share it with you. It's called Why Making Mistakes Makes You Popular. And it was, it's on Inc. And I'll, I'll share the link in the show notes if you want to go back and read it. But it's, it perf- perfectly describes why we should embrace making mistakes. Now you might notice in romantic comedies, for example, everyone roots for the underdog. We always want that person who's like the goof or the nerdy person to win, right? We want them to get the girl or get the guy. And we want them to come out on top. And 
you may be wondering like, why? (laughs) Why aren't we cheering for the traditional heartthrob or the ultra confident person who has their stuff together? Well, the reason for that is because we actually find someone who makes mistakes more attractive. And I'll tell you, tell you more about that. You might remember Jennifer Lawrence a few years ago, I think it was 2013 at the Academy Awards. She won. And as she was walking up the stairs, she fell. And guess what? It made everyone love her even more. And there's a reason for this. It's called the pratfall effect. And researcher Elliot Aronson discovered this phenomenon in 2014 when he studied how simple mistakes can affect attraction. He found that the attractiveness of someone increased if they made a mistake or did something unintentionally foolish. So, for example, if someone did something at the end of an interview, like um, spilling a cup of coffee or tripping as they walked out of the room, it would make them more attractive. So you might be saying, well, why? The fact is, if you're too perfect, people tend to see you as superhuman and you come across as distant. So if you never make mistakes, you can seem unapproachable or even judgmental. Interesting, right? So people can relate more to people who are flawed. So when you make a mistake, you're sharing a piece of your humanity and showing people that you are more vulnerable. Even better, if you embarrass yourself and recover gracefully, people will think even more highly of you because of your ability to overcome adversity. So really think about that. If you're presenting in a Zoom meeting and you you can't get your presentation to come up, in your mind, you're thinking, oh my God, all these people think I'm so dumb. They, They think I didn't prepare. They think I don't know how to use the technology. You're coming up with all kinds of stories, but your audience is sitting there going, she's human. Like this is part of the experience of presenting online. We've all been there. We, we get it. We'll be patient. And so what it really comes down to is how you recover, right? How you deal with the mistake. And so if you can just recover and laugh or say, Oh, guess technology is not on my side today. It helps to continue to build that connection with your audience because they've all had that experience themselves. So next time you're leading a team or meeting a new client or up in hundred in front of hundreds of people giving a talk, if you can demonstrate that you're human and slightly flawed, you may have a better chance of people cheering for you. You don't want to go too far. Like you don't want to, you know, tell everyone all of your insecurities and how drunk you were over the weekend or flop the talk because you weren't prepared. You don't want to come off as self-destructive and unprofessional, but having a mistake here and there, like you know, having a little bit of spinach in your teeth or spilling some coffee on yourself or falling up the stairs at the Oscars, you can get a little added boost of support from your audience. So if you embrace your humanity, you'll thank yourself for it. How does that feel? Does that feel good? (laughs) I hope it does because it changes the whole narrative you have in your mind leading up to giving a presentation, whether you're about to do a Facebook live or you're creating a TikTok video or presenting in front of your team at work, think to yourself, whatever happens here, I can recover from. So if there's an audio problem or I forget what I'm going to say next, I can say, give me a second. Let me see if I can fix this or just laugh and say, oh, here we are just having a human moment and everybody will be along with you. So I guess the bottom line here is remembering that we are all humans having a human experience and to just let ourselves have that experience without 
ongoing judgment of every single thing we're saying or doing. All right. And as I was sharing that tip, it started freezing raining, I think. So if you're hearing all this like pitter patter in the background, that's just freezing rain on the window. It's, I don't know. It's not like a bunch of Tic Tacs were just like released over my head (laughs) in case that was what you were thinking. I'm sure that's what you were thinking. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to number two. The number one reason you are uncomfortable speaking. There's a lot of different things that come up, like lack of skills. That one totally makes sense. Like if you don't know what you're doing, of course you're going to be uncomfortable. Or a lack of comfort, just overall feeling like this is something that you feel in, you know, in the zone and you feel like you got it. Or a lack of practice. That's another big one. It's easy to feel uncomfortable if you never do it. <laughs> now you're expected to stand in front of a group of people and and do it. But the answer here is the lack of self-acceptance. Self-acceptance is the first step to improving your speaking skills. I was watching a, a cartoon with my son Max the other day and he loves trucks. So we're constantly watching trucks and trains and ambulances and police cartoons that are made for toddlers, which means in like 30 seconds, I'm like, Oh, this is just so boring. (laughs) But I watched, I watched this one with him and there was this garbage truck. (laughs) Stay with me. (laughs) There was this garbage truck that didn't love himself. We've all heard this story before, right? The garbage truck who didn't love himself because he wasn't as fast at cleaning the city as the other garbage trucks. It's a story as old as time. He thought he was useless for this reason and he quit cleaning. And so, of course, his part of the city became dirty and unlivable because he wasn't doing his job. And the reason he quit was because he thought that his approach to cleaning the city wasn't as good as his friends because he wasn't as fast, you know, like he just, he didn't get it done in the same amount of time. But what he learned by going back through his part of the city when it was all dirty was, you know, even though I'm not as fast as them, I still do a great job and I make this place look beautiful. So I do have a lot to offer. And I often see this same thing happen with speakers. We decide that we're not good enough at it because someone else is more charismatic or they're more confident or they're better off the cuff or anything. I mean, there's so many things we can compare ourselves to that can stop us from wanting to show up. So the thing that you do is you don't try, right? You just assume I'm a bad speaker. I can't do what they're doing. So why should I even do it? And this is what gets in the way of progress. And this is what gets in the way of actually discovering joy that can come from speaking in any arena. And, you know, if you're someone who has a quiet demeanor, or a more thoughtful approach where you like to really like sit with your content and think about what you want to say, instead of just jumping on and recording yourself, that doesn't mean that you're not as good as someone who can do that. And what if you're someone who has a sort of to the point approach, like you don't like to beat around the bush, you're not interested in sugarcoating anything, you like to get right to it, maybe that could be refreshing and inspiring for other people. So what if your personal style is actually exactly what other people want to see? 
That's a question to start with for yourself if you feel uncomfortable speaking. What if my personal style is exactly what other people want to see? If you can start with that, it will help you to feel that self-acceptance instead of self-judgment for what you are or are not. You have to connect with and honor yourself first. All your quirks, all your traits, everything. And once you're able to embrace yourself as you are, speaking gets a lot less uncomfortable because you're no longer having that narrative in your mind the whole time about not being something or being too much of something, right? I, there's a member in Speaker Sisterhood who I've talked with several times over the years that she's been in the clubs. And when she first started, she said the reason she signed up was because she's so emotional that when she needs to speak in front of a group, she often feels a lot of fear because she doesn't want to show that emotion. She's afraid of shedding a tear or, you know, getting kind of verklebt, to use a word from Saturday Night Live. Um, (laughs) She's afraid of getting caught up in those emotions and then being seen as less credible or being seen as someone who can't hold it together. And what she learned through practice and through self-acceptance is that that part of herself is actually a huge gift to herself and to her audience. Because anytime you can show up and show yourself authentically and allow emotion to be present in the room, you are creating a real connection with the people sitting in front of you. And that's the whole purpose of, of public speaking. Yes, it's about information. And yes, it's about making sure you're giving them value, but really it's about the human connection. Otherwise they could just read it on the screen, right? So she learned that she could embrace her emotional side. And now when she speaks, if tears show up, she lets them show up and she lets them just be there. And she talks through it and she maybe takes a moment to allow herself to like, just have that and then breathe. But now she no longer judges herself for the emotions. And her audience loves to watch her talk and she builds a real solid connection with them. So if there are parts of yourself that you're hiding away because you feel like, you know what, I don't think anyone wants to know this about me or I don't want to show them this because they may think that I'm not professional or I'm not someone that they should trust because I don't have the ability to stand up here unwavering, unflappable. Don't assume those things because your authentic expression of yourself is the thing that will capture them and will make them feel like they know you. And this is so important. So if you tell yourself things like, I'm too boring, I'm not funny, I don't have natural charisma, my mind is too scattered, no one will be able to follow me, think about how you can change those into gifts instead of setbacks. Because you're, these are just stories that you're creating anyway. So can you re- rewrite the story as I'm learning about my presentation style and trying out different things, or I'm going to build a presentation that matches my style because you're just deciding you are or aren't something, right? So decide something else. One thing I learned early on was that when, when I was hired to give long speeches where I had to just stand in front of the room and talk at people, I would get so uncomfortable and I would have such a block around creating content. 
But when I started to shift my, my approach to interactive presentations, whether it was a workshop or just giving people a chance to talk to the person sitting next to them or raise their hand and be part of the presentation, I got so excited and I got to really create an experience that was special for me and for them because it was playing on my strengths of wanting to get people involved and have a conversation with them instead of talking at them. I also learned that I love humor and so I work really hard to build humor into things because it makes me happy and I know that's a part of my personality that will help me to connect more with my audience. So don't be afraid of trying stuff out and letting your true personality shine through because it's the thing that will make you feel more comfortable and it's the thing that will build the connection you're looking for with your audience. Oh wow, the the TikToks are the the TikToks, the Tic Tacs are really falling out of the sky right now. Like you can probably hear them. <laughs> okay, the third thing this week around connection is a connection quiz. I know you're like, I didn't know there was going to be work to do today, but there is. It's just a really quick one. And the quiz is designed to help get you thinking about how much connection you have in your life and whether or not you need more. And the first question is a simple one. And I think it's probably the one that will help give us the most information the fastest. The question is, do you find yourself mindlessly scrolling social media at various times during the day? I'm guessing everybody said yes. (laughs) And you could tell yourself it's for a reason. I have to for work. I do it because I'm part of a nonprofit that needs to monitor posts, whatever. But are you, when that work is done, are you then mindlessly scrolling social media? And I'm going to ask a leading question because I think it's probably going to give us even more information. If you think about it, do you think that that impulse to scroll social media mindlessly during the day is fueled by a desire for connection? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume you said yes. So now that we have this information, we know that there's a trigger here. Like when we feel like we're lacking connection in our life, that's the trigger. We go on social media seeking that connection. What if instead, when we notice we want to go on social media, we call up a friend? I know talking on the phone is hard, but like, let's just imagine that we like it. And you chat for 20 minutes or you text a friend and say, Hey, are you free in the next couple hours? I'd love to just call and catch up for, for 15, 20 minutes or text a friend and say, Hey, are you free to get together tonight or tomorrow night or sometime this week? And then see how you feel after that. Do you still have a desire to mindlessly scroll social media? Or are you feeling like you scratched that itch, which was the desire to connect? I got a call from a friend Saturday afternoon asking if I wanted to come over for dinner last night. Um, I'm recording this on Monday, so let's see, Sunday night. And she said, come over, I'll make you dinner. We can play with my puppies. We'll just hang out, maybe we'll watch a movie. And like in that sentence, all of a sudden, I felt everything in my body shift. I was like, go hang out with a friend and have dinner and play with dogs and watch a movie. I can't think of anything better than that. And my whole day yesterday, all day Sunday was so 
fun because I was like, oh, tonight I have this exciting plan. I'm going to hang out with a friend. I'm going to do this thing. And then last night we laughed so hard, harder than I've laughed in probably 10 years. Like we, we both said afterwards that our stomach hurt and our back hurt and <laughs> we could barely breathe. And it was, and the other thing that was special about it was that I, I think I said the words me too, like a hundred times because she was sharing about you know, what was going on in her life as a mom and her life as a business owner and in her relationship. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, no, that's happening to me too. Yeah, me too. Oh my God. Yeah, me too. And it felt so good to just be connecting with a person who saw me and that I saw and could just feel like we were on the same page. So I know I get, I can get carried away in like my own world of my parenting and my running a business and my home and all the things that go into every single day. But just hanging out with her for a few hours last night just changed my perspective and my like my everything. So please, if you are answering to this quiz, this connection quiz that you're mindlessly scrolling on social media, you're probably in need of more connection. Schedule some time with the people in your life. And if you can't find people in your life to spend time with because they're too busy or they're too far away or you just, you know, everyone's just got their own lives, make a community, join a community. You can join Speaker Sisterhood anytime. Our clubs are all about connection and we're all about showing up for each other and telling stories about our lives and being real and just, you know, talking about motherhood, talking about work, talking about life. And it's just so important. It's like, it fills up your cup in a, in a really important way. So that's my third thing for this week is to make sure you are making a point of connecting with people and because it's the foundation, right? We, like I said, at the beginning of the episode, it's all about that's everything starts there with connection to yourself, to others. And once you have that life feels so much better and coming soon. I'm going to be sharing more information on our new offering, Speaker Sisterhood Express. I cannot wait to share more about what this is and how to get you in there because it's going to be so fun. It's going to be life-changing. It's going to be just like, I think it's exactly what women need right now. And it's what I'm hearing from others too. So I'll be sharing more information in the upcoming episodes. So hold on to your hats. Is that something people say? Hold on to your hats? I don't know. I guess that's it for me this week, you guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode all about connection, continuing the theme. We've got a couple more weeks to go and uh, would love to hear your recommendations. If you want to share anything, you can email me at Angela at speakersisterhood.com. I hope you loved today's show. If you did, a great way to say thanks is to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It takes around 30 seconds and it's a great way to say thanks. My music was created by Kelly Vogel and the show is produced in the Glitter Closet in Western Massachusetts. Well, that does it for me this week, my friends. As always, stop waiting, start creating. See you next time.